have we got, got a podcast, podcast for you. Bad movies, worst people. I mean, look, you like getting a couple beers in you, watching a bad movie, and yucking it up with your friends. That's what we're doing. We have microphones. We have great impersonations. We have bad impersonations. Uh, I think it might be one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's the best podcast I've ever heard, fellas. And I ain't lying through my giant teeth. <laughs> There's a sample. Yes. <laughs> you can find us anywhere. Badmoviesworstpeople.com. Come check us out. If you don't follow us, we will follow you home. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat, bare my teeth, and shake a tail fin. A bikini babe, catching a road wave. A big surprise, I'm gonna rise and flash my tooth cave. All the buff dudes, safe on the beach food. They're gonna need a bigger boat and bears real soon. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat, bare my teeth, and shake a tail fin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I am your host, Captain Steve. This week, we're talking about 2016's Planet of the Sharks, directed by Mark Adkins. Mark Adkins has directed a couple of other shark movies, including Sand Sharks, apparently a sequel to this movie called Empire of the Sharks, and Six-Headed Shark Attack. I haven't covered any of those ones yet, but you can be rest assured, someday I will. But today, it's all about Planet of the Sharks. Let's just go right into the tagline and plot synopsis for this movie. So the tagline reads, When the world floods with water, one species rises to the top. I, I bet it's the sharks. I bet it's the sharks that rise to the top. That, that, that's just a guess. Just a guess. It's probably a pretty good one. Let's dive into our plot synopsis. In the near future, glacial melting has covered 98% of the Earth's landmass. Sharks have flourished and now dominate the planet, operating as one massive school led by a mutated alpha shark. And this has an average rating of uh, 2.0 stars on Letterboxd. Um, poster expectations. The main poster I see on Letterboxd is basically just like, an, it looks like an island off in the distance, and then we just see a bunch of shark fins. So ultimately, I just want to see a shit ton of sharks just overtaking the planet. As the title suggests, the plot suggests, and the poster suggests, there should be a ton of sharks in this movie. So that's what I'm hoping to see. And uh, I'm also kind of the, expecting this to be a little bit like a water world. Um, and do you guys want to know a secret? I fucking love Waterworld. I love that movie. Yes, Waterworld, the 1998 Kevin Costner fucking classic Waterworld. Hate me all you want. I fucking love that movie. So I'm hoping to see some Waterworld type shit in here as well. And uh, maybe one day I'll cover Waterworld for Patreon. But enough about that today. Again, Planet of the Sharks. So let's see if uh, this can live up to Waterworld for me. And let's dive in. So right away, we start off underwater. And we see the Statue of Liberty is completely submerged in water. So we are, in fact in a water world. Then we go to Junk City, which is basically a floating city like you'd see um, in Waterworld. And it's got a population of 72. And so far I'm pretty excited because it's very much like Waterworld. Guys, I'm telling you I love Waterworld, okay? I fucking love that movie. So I'm pretty excited right now. 
Don't kill my excitement for me. Join me in this excitement. I promise you it'll be amazing. So a couple of people on a watchtower, one is a man and a little girl, I'm assuming it's his daughter, and they spot a huge school of sharks heading right towards the town, or whatever you want to call it, and people start running on the docks as they're ringing a bell, warning them about the sharks, and then the sharks start breaching the water, jumping up, and just grabbing people off the docks. The CGI is pretty much what you would expect from the asylum. I didn't catch that it said that this movie was from the asylum, but just like judging on the CGI and the way the deaths are, like we don't really see much. It's like shark jumps up, person gone. So it's very much that level of kills, but I, it's okay so far. Um, so far there have been a lot of sharks. I have seen a lot of sharks in the water. So, so far it's living up to the title, but let's keep going. So the little girl that we saw uh, on the watchtower hides in a boat as the sharks pretty much destroy this entire floating city and everyone is attacked. And then we go to another floating city called Salvation and there's like 400 something people there and they spot a flare so then they try to radio this town and then they send somebody to go check it out. There's a guy on a boat who's out and about so he's going to go check on this town. And then we go to Vestron Research Station and a woman named Dr. Roy Shaw Oh, what's this? Jaws reference! Because I'm pretty sure her name is a combination of Roy Scheider, who played Chief Brody, and Robert Shaw, who played Quint, in Jaws. We got our Jaws reference right out of the way, so good. Maybe, hopefully we don't have to see any more. As I said, I don't mind it every once in a while, but I don't think every new movie has to have a Jaws reference. It's not necessary. So, anyways... She's talking to the guy on the boat and asking when he'll be back, blah, blah, blah. And then she starts talking to another woman, Dr. Nichols, and they start talking about a rocket being ready and they're having issues and they need more components, blah, blah, blah. And Nichols wants to test some of the shit before they launch, but they don't have the time or capacity to do it or something. So Shaw says, like, you have 48 hours to retest everything before we launch. Um, no idea what the fuck this rocket is for yet, um, but I'm sure all will be revealed in due time. A woman at Salvation tells the radio operator that they're running out of water, and this woman looks insane. She looks sketchy as shit, she's got crazy eyes, she talks with like this, uh, southern US accent, and she just sounds sketchy as shit. So, like, this is legit water world shit here. So she's sketchy because the radio operator tells her Salvation needs more parts and components for their rocket. And then she says, well, let's just see how much they're willing to give up now. Yeah, that that was a terrible accent, but it, it's something like that. I guess maybe it sounds a little bit more Louisiana, which I just can't do. I can't do that accent. Maybe I'll learn. Maybe I'll learn for you guys. But for right now, no, it's just not happening. I'm sorry. I know it wouldn't be realistic, but like just for once in these movies, I want to see like a post-apocalyptic movie where everybody's like actually working together to make things better instead of always fighting each other because it's the same story in every post-apocalyptic movie. It's like, yeah, we're going to fight because we need gas or water or some shit like every fucking time. Just do something where they work together and then... I don't know, some outside force comes in. I don't know. I'm not a writer, but just give me something different. Anyways, a helicopter from Salvation, I think, flies over Junk City, 
and the little girl emerges from a barrel, and he radios the guy on the boat that there's a survivor. So the little girl makes it on board of the boat, and they're chased after by a bunch of sharks as the CGI junk city burns behind them and explodes. We see one of the sharks underwater, and something blue is glowing around its eyes and face, and then they just swim off, stopping their pursuit. Why? Who the fuck knows? I don't even think the movie knows. On the boat, the guy gives the girl some water, which is like gold in this world, by the way, and then brings her to the steering wheel to comfort her and tells her to focus on where they're going and like not all the bad shit that just happened, where she just saw like her entire population um, mangled and chomped to bits. But yeah, just focus on the water forward. Everything's going to be fine. So the pilot is back at Salvation, and just thinking about this name, like, this sounds like a city you would find in The Walking Dead where, like, they promise you everything's going to be great, but everything's terrible because they have, like, this really sketchy leader. Like this sketchy southern Louisiana girl who's also kind of tribal. Ugh, I don't know. I'm just saying, that's what it reminds me of. Anyways... He tells this uh, woman leader with the southern accent that he saw thousands of sharks, like a super pod of dolphins, like they've seen before, but ex except they were sharks. So apparently they see super pods of dolphins. We don't see this in the movie, but they tell us that these things exist. Cool fucking story. And he's like, there was a massive shark like in the middle of it. Um, but of course, this southern girl is like, you expect us to believe something we ain't ever seen before? Like, what kind of shit is that? Like, she definitely, like, pre-apocalypse would have been an anti-vaxxer. Well, I don't understand the science, so it just can't be true now, can it? Because I can't see it with my own eyes. Jesus Christ. Ah, what a bitch. Anyways, the radio guy says that the sharks were probably attracted to the city because of the destruction, and they weren't the cause of the destruction. And the pilot says they could just ask the survivor because, yeah, they have a survivor. So they could ask her what happened instead of just fucking speculating. But no, let's just keep speculating and arguing about it. Pointless. Like, this just, this was pointless. This whole thing was pointless. So then we see this little girl, B, um, but uh, her and Boat Dude are at the research station. So they're not even at Salvation yet. And he tries to convince... Uh, the station to take the girl because he has to go and do some other shit. But Nickel says, no, you're taking her to Salvation. And then Shaw comes over and is like, yeah, we need components from Salvation, so we're all going to go to Salvation. Wee! Salvation for everybody! Lord Jesus! So, I assume they know, like, how crazy this bitch is at Salvation, but yet they're still planning on leaving the little girl there. Like, I understand the population's like 436, but that's really not that big. And like I said, this woman seems insane. Probably one of the better characters in the movie, but yeah, she seems insane to me. So I don't understand why leaving the little girl there seems like a good idea. Shaw then points out the rocket to be and explains what it's going to do. I'll give you the dumbed down version. Rocket going sky, sends device, fixes atmosphere, everything is fixed, planet goes back to normal. The world was flooded by the polar ice caps melting and the glaciers melting, so I guess this is going to somehow fix that. You, you guys get it. It's basically just our own planet's future, So, and it's just going to reverse that somehow with magic science. 
And then Nichols brings some shark tracking gear on board. And boat guy, whose name is Dylan, is like, if I see a shark, I'm driving the other way. We're not getting close to one. I don't know. I Some, some of this shit I just don't really care about. And none of it matters. But it's here. So I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to tell you how much I don't like it. And here we are. So then on the radar, Dylan shows Shaw and Nichols the school of sharks is headed for salvation. And Nichols sees somehow, I don't know how she sees this on the radar because it's all just like, you know when you see like fish finders and it's just like black fucking bars and shit, but this one's like all multicolored, but you can't make heads of tails of any of it. And she's just like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of different shark species working together. And like, there's a massive one in the middle of them. I don't know how she saw that, but she, she saw it. I guess that'll just save us time later. So they know there's this massive school or pod of sharks fucking headed towards Salvation. So they all arrive at Salvation, and then they meet Southern Bitch. And she's not concerned by the sharks at all, because they take sharks out all the time. And then she asks if the people could go to Vestron, but Shaw's like, no, we're only equipped to hold, like, 50 people. We'd have to, like, redesign the whole station, blah, blah, blah. So then they plan on taking them to some other station, possibly. But then, in the end, Southern Girl is just like, we can handle ourselves. We've been here since day one. We're going to kill all these sharks ourselves. Like, okay, great. Sounds good. Shaw sends the pilot to go up in the air to, like, get eyes on the shark. And then this Southern Bell bitch is on the dock doing some sort of, like, tribal war dance or something and like someone else is beating on drums and she has a spear and doing like this dance and like stomping on the dock so like trying to attract the sharks basically um i mean i guess the sharks were headed there anyways so it doesn't really matter and then b shaw nichols uh get into a wooden boat with dylan and then they literally like go take the boat across from where they are which is like 20 feet. I'm like, they had to have had a dock that connects to wherever they are. Like, this is nonsense. They, I don't know why they did this. And we can clearly see that this set is built in like five feet of water. We can see the sand at the bottom, like through the surface. But anyway, I get it. I get it. Anyways, the sharks start approaching and surprisingly Southern Belle bitch and all of her cronies are doing a pretty good job at taking out the sharks so far. Um, and they're just using spears. Um, and the others are like just watching this go down like, oh yeah, good job. Oh yeah, this is cool. This is happening. And then uh, blue face shark, Bluey the shark comes up to the city and starts knocking shit underwater and it, it grabs a hook and starts dragging people down. And then as our main heroes run, the sharks are breaching and eating people off the dock, just like it did at Junk City, the same kind of deal. Shaw and the radio dude rush to get people off the station. Southern bitch is still rocking it out on the dock for the bit um, until she's nabbed off the dock. So she didn't last very long, which is too bad. I would have liked to have seen more of her. Um, Shaw and a bunch of others are waiting for the boat. Dylan swims out to the boat because somebody fucking stole it and was just going to take off by themselves. I mean, I, I get it, but, like, pussy, really? Like, come on. So he fights the guy on the deck, and they wrestle for a little bit, and then he dangles him over the side, and then a shark comes up and fucking decapitates the guy. Dylan helps the others on the boat as a bunch of sharks approach, but everybody makes it on board, 
and Nichols starts shooting some of the sharks with a spear gun as they escape the exploding city behind them. They're exploding CGI city behind them. And then Nichols then gives us some science exposition and tells us that probably the big shark is using electromagnetic fields to communicate and control the smaller sharks. So basically some like a psychic shark, but with more science behind it, I guess. Um, again, not entirely sure how she was able to figure that out, but she did. And now we're all knowledgeable in this. So great. Thanks for that, Nichols. Dr. Shaw radios in for Vestron to get some signal or beam ready. And Monroe, one of the scientists there, says that it could cause climate problems, earthquakes and tsunamis, because apparently they've done this before. And this is just a big risk. And I like I have no idea what they're talking about. I, like, I guess this is some sort of half-baked plan to attack the sharks. Um, but like they couldn't figure out enough science talk to actually explain like what the fuck is happening right now. So yeah, I'm lost too. Shaw then says this device will mimic a cap. So there's some other device that she has and it's gonna mimic a capsized boat and like hundreds of people in the water. And then this beam will set off an underwater volcano and they're gonna leave the sharks there. That's the short of it. I'm not going into great detail with this plan. It's a lot of nonsense, um, which is what I'm here for, but it's just so convoluted. And like I said, it's just, there's so much like science nonsense. It's, yeah. And then helicopter dude has the device now and he's gonna lead the sharks to the volcano and set the device off. Um, but he gets too close to the water and a shark pulls the helicopter out of the sky. Where was this scene last week? Last week's movie, The Poster, literally had a shark jumping out of the water or ice because they were ice sharks and grabbing a helicopter out of the air into the water. Basically, that's what it was implying. And we didn't get that, but this movie actually um, gave me that. So yeah, this is great. Like the shark god Chichi Matal must be looking over me. That's a throwback to uh, Sharks of the Corn episode, which is like one of my very early episodes. Um, insane movie i highly recommend checking that out listen to my episode too give me some more listens please i love you anyways the pilot is eaten and the device is left floating on the surface and dylan says that the device is still transmitting so they can still go get it and um, do this plan but shaw says that they wouldn't be able to escape the blast radius in time or whatever radius this beam thing does so they come up with a new plan. Nichols is going to windboard out, grab the device, lead the sharks to the volcano, drop the device, set it off, and come back. I have some questions. So this whole time they're like, no, we can't do this in the boat because we won't leave the blast radius in time. Um, I'm sorry, but how... Is she going to uh, wind sail her way faster than a boat? Exactly. I'm a little confused on the science there. A little confused. Um, yeah. Because their whole concern was the boat's not fast enough. The boat was going 17 knots. And then suddenly Dylan did some magic mechanic work, so it'll now go 30 knots. So the boat's even faster than it originally was, almost double. And yet, 
Like, how is Nichols getting out of there in time? I don't understand that. And how is she not going to be attacked by the sharks? The sharks just grabbed a helicopter out of the sky, and yet she's going to go there on a windboard, and it's all just going to be fine. Well, it is, because Nichols actually manages to reach the device and starts leading the sharks to the volcano. Like... And then on Vestron, they get this harp beam thing, like, working to set the volcano off. And they have to set it off remotely because of science reasons. Again, we're given more science jargon. And, uh, yeah, I just, I was, I was done with the science jargon at this point. Like, as a kid, I probably would have loved this. But, like, Bill Nye could poke some fucking holes in this story for sure. That's all I'm saying. Nichols sets the device off, and Shaw gives her three minutes to get out of the blast zone. Even though they were worried about doing this in the boat, she is somehow going to do this parasailing. I, ugh. But yeah, so she's somehow going to pull this off. Like I said, this makes no sense. But anyways, Shaw then radios uh, Vestron, and she talks to the two scientists who were working on this beam thing. And then the, these two scientists are working on those, remember those iMacs from like the late 90s, early 2000s, the very colorful, like bulky ones? Oh man, I really wanted one. And honestly, after seeing them, I still kind of do. Oh yeah, fucking loved those computers, man. Um, anyways, Dylan says Nichols has cleared the safe zone miraculously. So Shaw tells them to fire the beam off and they do. And then they see it from the boat, and they all start celebrating. And the beam fires into the volcano and kills a bunch of sharks in a god-awful CGI shitfest. And right after, we see Nichols wind sailing at, like, fucking breakneck speeds. Like, she is the flash on a wind sail right now. Completely insane. As everyone on the boat is celebrating, they look in front of them and they see this like massive tsunami coming towards them or just this giant wave coming towards them, which was one of the side effects of shooting this beam. And then back at Vestron, the scientists say they have no power since the beam set off like some sort of EMP pulse. So the rocket is ready, but they have no power and they start coming up with ideas to get the power ready and back on. And then there's, like, this flirty moment between these two scientists, which, like, honestly, I didn't care about because, like, we've spent a little bit of time with them, but not really a lot. And this was, like, to me, the first, like, indication that there was some interest. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Maybe it's because you're both about to die and weird feelings are coming up. I don't know. But, like, there wasn't any tension. So, like, I, I don't fucking care. I just don't care. And speaking of not caring, this boat then goes, like, right towards the wave it goes up, over, and it's fine. Like, it was, like, barely an inconvenience. Like, they did it no problem. Again, no tension, so who cares? Why even have this here? And then, as Nichols is vacationing on her parasail and doing a whole bunch of unnecessary stunts, we see fucking Bluey is still alive, and he is pursuing her. And he jumps out of the water at her, misses her the first time, comes back the second time, knocks the board off of her feet, so now she's in the water being dragged by this sail still. And then Dylan spots her in the water. He starts driving the boat towards her, and then she starts swimming towards the boat, and she manages to make it back on the boat somehow. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand how she did this, but yeah, she is like fucking Wonder Woman, apparently. 
And then Shaw gets a spear ready with a tracker on it. And so then as Bluey tries to nab at them, she stabs it, gets the tracker on it, and then it goes swimming off. They all make it back to Vestron and they get the rocket ready, but the station is sinking because the pumps that keep it floating are not working because they don't have any fucking power. And so Shaw says they need to launch the rocket before the station sinks, so like almost immediately. And they all, of course, argue back and forth, like how to de decide to launch. Like, no, we're going to launch. No, we shouldn't launch. Yeah, let's launch. Like, again, don't care. But they eventually land on, okay, we're going to launch this fucking thing. And now, are y'all ready for the new plan? We have a brand new plan in this movie now, guys. So are you ready for it? This is a good plan. Okay, this is amazing. <clears throat> Shaw is going to power the rocket by getting Bluey, um, because since it's sending out like electromagnetic signals with its mind to control these sharks, it should be sending out enough electricity that they can harness it and jumpstart the rocket. I'll leave that with you for a second here. <sighs> okay, you got it? You let that settle then? Okay, let's move on. Uh, they then plan to mimic the shark's electrical signals um, to become the alpha shark, um, I, I guess, to control the smaller sharks. That's also part of this plan. I don't know what's going on anymore. I, I really don't. Um, sparks in the air. That's what's happening. Sparks. The two scientists finally kiss. See? Sparks. And then the station starts collapsing, and the sharks start attacking. Radio Dude is trying to protect B, uh, but he is, like, savagely chomped on by a shark. And then the dude scientist comes with his samurai sword and starts defending B after Radio Dude dies. Yeah, this is all happening right now. Nichols and Shaw then decipher the shark code, I guess. And then Shaw starts getting the shark to come towards her. And then she stabs it with some electrodes, which then powers the computers to start the ignition for the rocket. And Shaw and the shark struggle for a bit. They fall into the water and the rocket takes off. Shaw starts to swim back to the boat, but good old Bluey chomps her down. Like she dies pretty fast. Like I thought she was gonna be the final girl, but no, she's just gone now. So yeah, they didn't draw it out. She's like, nope, she's dead and we're moving on. Okay then. Nichols then starts sending out signals to the smaller sharks to go after Bluey. And in a CGI fest, they do, but Bluey is really good at defending herself. And then they start head, the Bluey starts heading for uh, Dylan and Nichols on the boat. It jumps onto the boat. So Dylan heads the, like, the boat towards the uh, station, full blast. These two jump off. The boat crashes into like some fuel barrels or some shit, and it explodes and Bluey is seemingly dead. And then scientists Dude and Dudette kiss on the dock um, as Nichols and Dylan swim back. And then we get a title card six months later. And so we're with Nichols, Dylan, and B on a boat. They're driving around. And then we see the Statue of Liberty. Remember we saw this at the beginning of the movie. We're back. Statue of Liberty is now not completely underwater. It's like halfway. And then as the camera pans around, we can see like a bunch of other skyscrapers in the background. And then we roll credits. And that's Planet of the Sharks. 
Oh, fucking hell. I don't even know where to begin here. Like, for one, I feel like it's actually been maybe a little while since I've spotted a Jaws reference in a movie. So there's that. Because, um, like I said, I'm not a big fan of seeing them in, like, every modern movie. But I, it's been a while since I've seen one. So that's okay. Again, a little annoying. But um, the plot description made me think that the sharks were already going to be, like, a big deal in this world. But, like... It's just more of like, hey, there's this one shark with superpowers and psychic powers or some shit controlling a bunch of other ones. So it's not really the whole planet. It's kind of just one shark taking over. But anyways, um, I don't know why B was here. Like unless somebody saw Waterworld and was like, hey, you know what other movie has a speechless uh, little girl? Waterworld, so we're gonna put that in here because she did nothing she uh, there was no reason to have her in here whatsoever um as convoluted as it all is like it's entertainingly shitty it is nonsense it's ridiculous the kills are nothing special as per usual like i said i don't know if this is an asylum movie i didn't catch the, that part of the opening credits but um it's that kind of CGI, those kind of kills. So we had a lot of sharks too, so we did get our poster expectations. I wish we'd spend a little bit more time in Salvation because I kind of like the Southern Belle bitch leader lady. Like she was just kind of crazy and all over the place. I wish we'd kind of seen more of her. Um, I think I'm just going to give it a two stars on Letterboxd. It's it's like, let's watch this at 2 a.m. after you've just had a few beers or a couple of blunts or both. Uh, then, it, then it's a pretty good time. Watch it with a couple of friends. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, and I'm sure at some point I'm going to cover the sequel. But until then, that was Planet of the Sharks from 2016. Um, I, you know what? You can follow me on Letterboxd. I know I don't always say it on here. Um, all of my links are on bucketofchumpodcast.com for all my following. Um, but yeah, follow me on Letterboxd at S Coates. Uh, that's S C O A T E S. And, uh, it's, I keep a list of movies there. I keep all the ratings. Um, so you'll see the bucket of chum list and then you'll just see what I'm watching month to month or day to day or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me on all the social medias. That's, uh, at bucket of chum podcast for Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and slasher. And, uh, if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash bucket of chum. But for now, I will see you guys next time for an all-new episode of Bugger to Chum. Two movie fans have decided to unite for the people and the betterment of mankind. One 
an action movie buff. The other, a horror movie fanatic. Together, they will try to bridge the gap of both genres into one podcast with their battle cry, Give me back my action and horror movies. Listen along as Charlie and Nate alternate each week talking about action and horror movies they cherish, mostly from the VHS era. Also, including some modern examples that felt like the movies they grew up with by answering the battle cry, Give me back my action and horror movies. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Look them up on Facebook and Instagram.